We want better schools. We want them now. Stand in our way, and you'll catch these eight black hands with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecky, and Stewart. Join us now for an hour or more of talk on education and culture. All right, welcome to another episode of the Eight Black Hands podcast. This is episode 55. So we're going to do some things in this episode, but let me introduce the fellas first. Uh, Chris, what's happening? I'm doing well, man. Doing well. Happy Sunday to you. Happy Sunday to you as well. Reef. Hey, man. How's everybody? Good to see y'all. Reef, what's up with your hair, bro? What happened? Yo, man, this is my... uh... This is my my straight backs, bro. It looked like he this got mugged by Corona Compton. Vacation. You're what? No, man, Corona? this is my, this is my okay. Leroy from 52nd Street. <laughs> <laughs> you, you say it looked uh, like he got mugged in Compton? It looked like he got mugged by Compton. Oh. <laughs> no, this, this is my straight backs, bro. This is my Corona Kitchen hairdo. You look like you got in a fight with DJ Quick, <laughs> but it's cool, bro. <laughs> well, if he got in a fight with DJ Quick, yo, he damn sure lost because Quick had some clean braids. Who, who did that? Who did it? My peeps did it. Oh, wow. It's a, it's a little old now, showered and everything, and mm. it got wet. You know, I was taking a walk yesterday, they got wet, but you know, it's all good. I'm I want you to be around people. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Charles, I what's happening? My hair. Charles, what's happening? Oh, nothing much, man. How y'all doing? Doing well, man. So can talk hear to me. Yeah, we can hear you fine. What's happening in the Bay? Um, it's just, I mean, it's a lot of people that's out. Um, I mean, there's a lot happening in our hospitals. Um, and California is just, you know, becoming one of the larger places that got a lot of cases. But, uh, I mean, I think people just don't, there's still a lot of folks that don't know what's happening right now. Just people that's worried. Yeah. So same in New York, man. New York is the epicenter of everything that's happening. Uh, shout out to the folks that's in New Orleans. They're enduring a lot in all the major cities uh, with, that are considered hot spots, man. Our prayers go out to them. So, fellas, we got to put woke to rest. So before <laughs> y'all, <laughs> before, y'all know y'all drawing with that, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, hey, but, but, but before we do that, Charles, what what's, what do you what is woke? Tell the people what woke is. Uh, some stupid shit. Oh no, I mean so. Um, I, <laughs> no, I think I think woke. Uh, you know, it's a higher level of consciousness. Like uh, and there was just a time where you know people didn't really want to understand what was kind of going on, and then you had some folks that's like, look, here go the facts about this, that, and the third. I actually didn't have a problem with it then. What woke is in this context that I think that people are tired of, or that we're kind of railing against, is more around this overcorrection, this over, like, um, just kind of overdoing it. And it's, uh, it, it's just, nobody can even live a life in this super woke time for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's the thing that folks is, is railing against. Not, I'm not anti-intellectual. I'm not anti being smart. It's just uh, a lot of folks need a nap. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's what it is to me. Reef, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm. You know, I think woke has a, a long history in our in our community. Being woke, being aware, being conscious, and so I'm a little nervous about you know talking about its demise. We need we need more enlightenment, not less. We need more wokeness, not less. Um, and I understand what Cole, how Cole is describing it. You gotta. I think it's been co opted by a lot of Twitter revolutionaries. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. A lot of folks who are not actually about the work, um, but they are quick to critique everything. And and regardless of, of people's body of work, they want to criticize them and say, oh, they've, they're lost because X, Y, Z. I think that piece, that's not wokeness, that's arrogance and lack of humility and lack of understanding. Gotcha. Um, uh, shout out to uh, Erica Saunders uh, for joining us live. Uh, Zakia, I'm not going to do this for everybody, but uh, just first couple. Uh, Chris, well, <laughs> So there was this uh, Spike Lee movie a long time ago. I can't remember which one it was where there's just I, I think it might be Lawrence Fishburne who is screaming, wake up, wake up, and my thinking was back then the idea was that people were asleep to the problems that were hitting us as a people and they wanted you to wake up to the real like what's going on in life, you know, and uh, woke to me is the permanent state of what happens after you woke up from that. Like he told you, wake up, wake up. And so you woke up and you knew what what life was about. Now you woke and then stay woke, man. Don't go back to sleep again. Now that you, now that we don't woke you up to your higher level of consciousness and everything, you know, stay woke. What it has become now, it has become virtue signaling. It has become people who have read too many books, have a name for everything, uh, you know, can can call out the oppression of everything, but don't do nothing, right? Like actually, don't mm-hmm. they're not around for the real. They, they, they're there to call you out and cancel you, and you know everything about appropriation and all this other stuff. But for the real issues, you know, they have gone back to sleep again. That's just my my take. That's why I think book needs to die. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm 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 kind of caught in the middle. Um, I feel like, but 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 I'm I'm gonna go on on, on the side of the well, as well. Let's hear you waffle. Let's hear you waffle. What's up? Let's hear it. Let's hear it. So so I'm all about black consciousness. I'm all about black scholarship uh, to a degree. But when it starts to demean to a degree, yeah. When it starts to demean those that don't have the levels of, of, of education as others. And when they start to question the way people vote or, or the, the things that people do, um, I think that that's where the, the problem comes in for me. I want black folks to be able to do what, what, what they want to do um, without criticism from uh, the black elite. And so I think for me, that's where my thoughts on it needs to be put to rest. Um, but I'm not trying to limit black scholarship, if that makes sense. I mean, I don't when you think say the woke part saying- is about the scholarship either, though. I really don't include that in the woke. You know, the, the type of thing I include in the woke is like freaking out about Kim Kardashian having cornrows, but not be not showing up when I tell you that they're shackling women in prison when they're given birth. Right. Like there's just like 80 issues that we could get to before we get to whether or not somebody wore cornrows. But you're not showing up for the other ones. And I, I'm literally telling you, right, they are uh, shackling women in jail, in prison while they give birth. Now, anybody who's ever seen what a live birth looks like knows that that's just cruel and inhumane. You know why they're doing that in the places where they're still doing it? Because nobody has said anything about it in the places where there's been some activism behind it. It has changed that. That to me is the difference between woke and and just consciousness like Sharif's calling it consciousness. Right. 
Consciousness would lead you to go for prison reform, to go for education reform, to go for reform of the, of the, the courts, you know, and all, all those type of things, police union contracts, whatever. But there's some people that just really sit online all day canceling folks for the wrong stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, I think I think what you're describing is just like surface level revolutionaries who who can't see beyond, you know, what we would call now clickbait, who you know, haven't been around, you know, in the past to really see the the connection between the struggle of our people in this country, on these shores, um, internationally, and un- being unable to do that. Like, I like I, I don't care what Kim Kardashian does, you know, with her hair. Right. Like we got people dying in the streets. Mm-hmm. Right. But, you know, mm-hmm. you, but it's, it's much easier to, you know, to talk about that and then actually do stuff. Right. We talk we've talked about this before. We tell people, shut up and get to work. Right. <laughs> Just shut up, and get to work. Like mm-hmm. stop talking so much. People talk you to death. They want to talk about surface stuff. They want to talk about, you know, this and that. And and often they have no receipts for for what they've accomplished for our people. All right, fellas. All right, so I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to stay stuck on here. But what I do want to do is I want to, Chris. I want to throw you a oop, bro. So something mm-hmm. interesting happened on your Twitter feed. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I want to set you up nice. I want to throw you this Dwayne Wade alley oop. <laughs> so, so so a, a person uh, uh, said something to you on your on your Twitter feed. Can can can, can you go into what they said and and we can talk about how that, how that's offensive. So first, let me say I wrote something last week or the week before. I can't remember when. It was probably last week um, about Diane Ravitch using the the current pandemic as another opportunity to just be talking about the same old, same old anti-charter schools, anti-school choice, anti-distance learning, just only pro everybody stay in the same schools. You know, that's what the pro is. Well, it must have struck a nerve because, you know, in her side of the fence on Twitter, people got really angry and I started seeing, you know, started seeing nasty stuff. So one dude actually um, wrote something about it, called me out for having a job and the money that I make and, you know, the nonprofit. That's the usual stuff. I'm used to that. But then when he posted on Twitter, he's like, he called me Uncle Tom, right? It's a white dude. It's a white retired male teacher. So from oh, San they Diego. get to do that? Yeah, they yeah. get to do that? This is woke. This is woke. Post-racial woke politics has now given white people a license to call black people out their name without any fear or shame of their anti-blackness being called out, their racism being called out. He, here's the thing, though. I just want to say this about, about this thing that offends me the most. It's not the fact that we have like old white teachers in front of our kids who are racist. And we know that. And, and studies and research has told us that or whatnot. That, that's already a given. To me, that's like, like settled science. We know that. We have all the information on that. But the fact that he called me an Uncle Tom and what he really meant was Sambo shows me that he hasn't read the book <laughs> by where Uncle Tom came from. And he has never done an analysis on who Uncle Tom actually was. Actually was. Right. <laughs> right. The living figure of Aunt Uncle Tom went to his death rather than give up two black women that the masters were trying to uh, get the information out of him. And he told him to their face, I would rather die than to tell you uh, where they are. Right. Mm. 
So yeah. it's a bit, it's a worse thing to me. Like, you know, listen, he's racist. He's old. He's a pensionista. Him and Diane Ravitch and their whole crew. I can name them all. You know, Carol Burris, Mercedes, you know, uh, all of them can like do this thing that they do or whatnot. But don't be bad teachers. Right. This dude taught high school. Right. You should know better than this, bruh. It's racist. Yeah, but it's also wrong. It's just inaccurate. Like it's a compliment. You're meaning it to be a slur. <laughs> and it's actually historically a compliment. What he wanted to say, he wanted to call me a Sambo because Sambo is the one that the masters bring in to beat Uncle Tom to death. Right. want to call you a nigga. What, this is true. I, I mean, I honestly, say, honestly, yeah. they have found a lot of was. ways to call us nigger without calling us a nigger. And he that's was. one of them. Yeah. Neoliberal, nigger. Yeah. Billionaires, nigger. Yeah. Got a job uh, in a nonprofit I don't like, nigger. Uppity nigger. Yeah. Um, out here yeah. preaching about school choice and freedom of choice, nigger. Yeah. Nigger, 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 nigger. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's all that is, right? That's no. all, I mean, be real. What is this? Like, an intro to an NWA song? Like, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I thought. That's what I oh, thought. Charles, what are your thoughts, man? Somebody calls you out your name on Twitter. What's I, I, I think it's crazy, man. I think it's, uh, I just think it's super trash, man. Can y'all hear me? It's weird because I can't hear myself, but y'all can hear me? Fine. Yeah, yeah, you sound good, man. I just saw my picture was frozen, so I was like, maybe my whole thing is frozen. But like, um, I think I think it's trash. I, listen, you know me, man. I'm one of those people... We can let's if you want to come from people that I care about, if y'all talking about some ideas, let's do that all day. Let's talk about how you don't agree with what he got to say. But I got a real, real problem with a white cat calling a black person, uh, Uncle Tom, a Sambo or any of that stuff. And I think and, and, and I have some more a bit more flagrant thoughts that'll be that I'll say for the for the Patreon episode. <laughs> so I'm, I'm serious, man. But I will say this and I want I want the people that's listening to me to really hear this, especially if it's young people. A lot of y'all are growing up in a world where people don't get punched in the face and I'm not threatening violence. Hmm. What I'm saying is there's a modicum of respect when you talk to somebody. Um, you can be disagreeable and you can disagree and all that stuff, man, but like you gotta still have a basic level of respect. And somewhere in your privilege, somewhere you've been around some black folks that done said some things about uh, around you and you think it's okay for you to say it. And that's a conversation. I don't care about the education conversation no more. I don't care about who's making whatever type of money no more. I don't care about the argument of left or right or whatever. You got to see me now. Now, I mean, you got to have a conversation kind of face to face because you like disrespecting me as a man and as like a person. This ain't got nothing to do with ed reform or whatever the case is no more. You don't get to use that type of language. And I don't speak for nobody else on this podcast. I'm speaking for me because I was... Uh, I was audibly upset when I when I saw that message. So I'm gonna leave it at that. Reef. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree 100 with uh, with Dr. Cole. Like, you know, white folks have no business. Um, you know, some sometimes they should just be quiet. Like, you know, just just be quiet. This is not your conversation to be had. Um, the the criticism of Diane Ravitch. There are plenty of black people who have a lot of criticism for her, for Carol Burris, for people who've not who who've never been uh, in the service of black communities, who who couldn't who drive the opposite direction of black communities, who did not serve. You know, Burris loves to talk about her school. That wasn't a school that served black children. No. And so you know, for him to to not only just align with himself and and put his nose where it doesn't belong, but to use offensive language 
from a white person talking about a, a black man is absolutely unacceptable, right? And so, but they this level of comfort um, where people do that. We've had these conversations on on Twitter before, where you know we're we're talking about somebody and some you know some random you know academic chimes in who has no business chiming in to stuff that he does not know about. Mm. And so this is just another example of that same mentality. It feels like, you know what? I, I think I like black people more than you do. And I think I serve black people and I speak for black people. Yo, white dude, you don't speak for black people. None of the black people I know, none of them. Mm-hmm. So you just need to shut up. Bro. You know, and, you know, and they're teaching though, this is the part that kills me. You've been in a classroom with, with people and, and the school that he was at was mostly kids of color. I looked it up. Failing school, of course, because it's always the teachers from failing schools that want to be the, the loudest. But uh, his school's mostly kids of color, mostly in poverty. Most of what he has written is basically that that's what makes a bad school. Like when you have kids in poverty, like they can't possibly learn. Like that tells you everything you need to know. I think he wrote that what? somewhere. When I tell you the demographics of my school, that tells you everything you need to know. Is basically his point. Listen, I mean that you know. that's what I mean. But he's entitled to call you Uncle Tom because he worked with uh children of color. He like he like I I worked with them. I know those people. Yeah, let me label you. Like that's that's the mentality. Right. All right, so fellas, real quick, we got a question. It says, uh, do you think you've become um become comfortable because of the ally agenda? Do 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 you think they have oh, become okay. comfortable yeah. because yeah. of the ally agenda? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think they, they've gotten permission. And I think this goes back to the early conversation about like what level of consciousness we're talking about. We're just talking about like Twitter woke. Then you get these kind of mm-hmm. false alliances. They're not, you know, and, and again, we talked before, like allyship to what? You're not allyship to black liberation because you're speaking the, the opposite of it. And allyship is actually just let's just be real. Allyship is just the new colonial behavior, because what they're basically doing is they're choosing which black people support their agenda and they're doing what they're calling everybody else out for. If I say what I say, the first thing they're going to do is run and grab somebody like Julian, who, by the way, retweeted this this dude's thing. So, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So what they're going to do is they're going to go look for the colonized Negro to help them. Uh, do uh, do me in right, and and someone else is going to expect me to do that same thing, right? And we're just supposed to have a Mandigo fight on their behalf. Allyship, I think that's all it really means right now. Is I, I'll have them tell me straight to my face. Well, Chris, I've asked black people, and the, the uh-huh. five black teachers I know tell me that I'm right, right. <laughs> And then you're like, well, I got to talk to my people, number one, because whatever your people told you, whatever my people told you, they should have never told you you have license to call a black man out his name uh, with something like Uncle Tom. Right. I don't care what what black friends you have. They should no one should have ever given them license to do that. And so let me ask you this, man, because like, you know, Julian, he retweets a lot of shit. He uh who does? Julian. He, oh, yeah. stokes, he stokes and stirs the fire whenever he gets the opportunity to do so. Do you think that, like, it's got to be hurtful? How do you feel? Because it seems like he personally attacks you a lot. Like, how does that, how does that feel, bro? Oh, I mean, like, listen, I'm rent free in his head. So it makes me feel good. Like, any, listen, I'm happy that these dudes attack me like this, right? Because, because, listen, it must mean that my activism is worthy of attacking number one. So I'm happy that they come at me like this so that they don't come at somebody else like this. Like I'm my job is to draw their attention away from good black educators who are trying to educate black children every day and don't need the hassle 
of getting harassed by these people. And that is what they do for a living. They harass black educators who run black schools and independent schools and call them out their name. So if it draws to me, I'm fine with it. Julian, though, honestly, like Julian is a case study in how your own people sometimes, you know, just they can be playing for the other team. Right. All I'm talking about is the liberation of the black mind. The ability for the black family to educate their own children. The idea that the, the school is historically a racist institution in the United States. These things to me are not controversial. They're controversial to people that want to keep you trapped in the systems where they draw their pension. And oh, by the way, brothers, you have heard me say this before. The teachers pensions are deeply in private prisons and child detention centers. Right. So so get your mind around the fact that this is what we're fighting about. All white teachers getting pensions who want to keep black people and black children in schools that serve them, not serve us. Right. And not have any escape. Right. That's really what we're talking about. Understood. Charles, you got any thoughts? I mean, I, you know, my thing is, man, I don't know why I'm grabbing this mic like a song. My thing is, <laughs> um, y'all know how I feel about this. I think this is where we differ a little bit. I have no problem with, I want black people to own this full conversation, though, the full debate. Like, I don't, I always get, feel some kind of way when we start naming names and doing that, because I'd rather have those conversations face to face first, uh, because I respond to those Wait, things. Let me, let me interrupt, let me interrupt you. Uh-huh. You say have these conversations face to face. So somebody retweets you. No, being, no, I, I'm, somebody retweets you being an Uncle Tom. What's that, me, what's that conversation? You, if, if you can let me finish my, my, my statement, you, you'll understand. Yeah. I said normally what See, I would here starts, to do, here it comes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying because he let, let me finish my thought. What I'm saying is normally. That's what I would prefer to do. I don't like saying names and things like that. When I see a white person tweeting this about a friend of mine, even if we would have fully disagreed, I would have had an issue with it. So the way you shoot back is how you shoot back. And I don't have a problem with that. Right. And I'm going to say something to that other cat like directly as well. But I don't I don't like the black on black shooting in this shit. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't like fighting in front of white people. I think that we can have conversations and be disagreeable uh, without out, without giving white folks passes and licenses to use shit that they would never use in the streets. So that's a problem for me. So that's what I think about it. Well, let me say this. I'll add this on that one point. I've never seen Julian in a black environment. Right. So I don't know if you're ever going to have the opportunity to talk to him amongst black people. Yeah, but you right. don't need to see him I'm just being real. I'm just being real. Like he is not he, he is heavily associated in white circles, period. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying, like, like if you're waiting to have a private discussion with him where it's on safe black territory, you're going to be waiting a while. That's what I've seen. That, that's right. just what well, I've my, seen. My, my message isn't for any of these people directly. Right. My message is this in general. Right. Like like. I mean, we've talked about this. Like, I want to have a thing where like a debate show, right? Like, I want to have those things. But if you cross certain lines, it's hard to come back from those lines, right? Like, I have no thoughts or reactions to however Chris wants to handle this. You feel me? Because he's the one who got that attack. Um, and this isn't about Julian or, or him specifically. I have a problem on any side of this where a black person tweets something about another black person and this insidious and kind of playing inside of the racial, like... Epitaphs that we might use with each other and they feel like it's okay. I got a problem with that regardless. Again, and I want to get back to having conversations about education and, and thoughts and, and, and kids and what we can do. 
but I'm not even in that space when I see that. I'm in a different space. Like when I when I see something like that. Bro, if a, if a black person calls you Uncle Tom, you I, I want to still got a problem. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. We got we got a problem, is what I'm saying. Right? That's like, a different problem, though, right? I mean, that's really a different problem, right? That feels more like family. That feels like a family discussion at that point, you know? Right. Like, like if you were to call, like this is, you know, black men have been called Uncle Tom's, like, you know, Clarence Thomas and uh, William Raspberry and, and, you know, black conservatives have gone through this a lot. Um, it's one thing when white people call them that. It's another thing when black people who feel some ownership for them a little bit um, call them that. I think it's two different discussions. But can we just agree, because two of y'all are educators, right? And one of us is a parent and one of us has done social work and has worked with families. And can we agree that nothing about this podcast or the discussions that we're having are about Uncle Tom's and Ravage and all that stuff? It is about educating eight million black children and knowing that what they're getting in terms of education every day is subpar dog food. Right. Can we just agree that that's what we should be, what people should be arguing about? They shouldn't be arguing about my tweets. They should be arguing about their crappy ass um, results that they're getting with, with black children. Every time I have this type of interaction with one of them, I look them up and the results are, are garbage. All right. But I mean, even even if the results were different, like, would that make it any different? <laughs> I mean, it, it, I'd leave them alone. I, I'll be real honest with you. Like, listen, if I look you up and you're getting and this has happened to me before, if you're arguing with me and calling me out my name and whatever, and then I look you up and your school's doing good with poor black children, black children in poverty, I'm done. I'm going to leave you alone. We don't have to agree. We, we don't have to agree on everything. But if you're getting results and this has happened, <laughs> I'll go look somebody up expecting that, that I'm going to find what I usually find, which is garbage. And then I find something decent. Listen, I might even boost you after that. Oh, wow. That's that's very big of you. All right. So transitioning. <laughs> <It's> focused. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Reef, bro. Reef, it ain't big. Reef. It's focused. <laughs> Reef, any thoughts, Reef? No, listen, I, I think some Sometimes, and I hear what uh, Dr. Cole says, I think sometimes uh, black folks got to also be just called out on stuff. I don't think they get a pass because it's in public space. If you, um, you know, if you're saying something erroneous uh, and I think, you know, you always try to find the, what's the best way to respond. I, you know, I, I, I do agree with find the best way to respond and depends on the context of what's happening. I think some people have a consistent pattern of being out of pocket, being disrespectful, and being clueless. And I, I, after a while, like, how many passes do they get, you know? Um, so I think, you know, a lot of times, you know, Julian and people like that, they, they are in, the, in this space that are just wholly uh, opposite of what uh, millions of Black families across this country, what they feel, what they experience, what they see. And what they're praying for, and so that kind of stuff, nah. Like, I mean, that that gets called out. Cool. All right, transition on. Next topic. Uh, <laughs> these white folks, man, they give y'all compliments. They tell y'all you sound very well spoken. <laughs> and y'all get, get offended. I don't understand, man. They give me y'all compliments. What, Charles? What's your thoughts? <laughs> I mean. I, it's so much other shit happening in the world right now, man, that it's like, now you can't hear me? You, you said you can't I can hear, hear me. I can hear you and see you. Well, Reef said he couldn't hear me, so... Um, but there's so many other things happening in the world right now, man. I mean, I don't really get told that as much anymore. I think that, like, you correct that a few times and people don't do it as much, but, um, but yeah, man, that's, that's, 
I ain't got too many thoughts on that part. Has, has somebody said that to any of y'all lately? Um, I mean, I hear that all the time. Uh, yeah. I hear it a lot. I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them, Stump. What's happening? I don't think y'all hear it much. Wait, <laughs> <I did. laughs> you hear it? I, I didn't. I couldn't. I'm sorry. I couldn't hear Cole. But um, first of all, I am articulate. When I want to be, when I don't want to be, I won't be. And it ain't none of their business, <laughs> you know. Like I, you know, that's that's not again. That's not something. Uh, it, I, th- I think it's just again people not understanding the black experience in America, not understanding white supremacy, not understanding how it manifests itself. Um, so these, you know, offhanded compliments. You know what that means is what you're saying about most of most of my people, and it's it's just erroneous. You know, like I think people have been told over and over and over again, don't give those kind of backhanded compliments to people of color, mm-hmm. and yet they mm-hmm. still do it. Like it's just like this, and the, and again, these are the people who think they are leading this, you know, some kind of revolution and stuff, or some kind of wokeness, some kind of allyship, and they they just they don't get it. Bro, I think it's more than that. I think y'all just can't take a compliment. Somebody yeah. said, oh, Joe, Joe Biden actually said that about Obama. Well, listen, Obama is very well spoken. Shit. He's hella articulate. But the question is, That's how true. often does he that is true. How often does he say that about about who? How often has Joe Biden stood up there and said, oh, that's a very articulate white man. Have you he didn't just say articulate. Didn't he say something else too, like clean? Like he's very yeah, he's clean like and clean articulate cut. or he's something? A, he's a very no, 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 no. articulate Chris. black man or something yeah. crazy. Oh, Chris, I've heard that before in What's New that? Orleans in your intro. <laughs> What's that? What's that? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> when we went on the stage and he was like, he's very clean cut. Clean cut. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you know what? Let me say this. Let me say this. Wait a minute. He's saying, this he's this saying, is in this is in Charles territory right now. This is in Charles Cole territory. I can remember in the nineties. I can remember where I was sitting. I was sitting at my, my desk at work, and something popped up that said Oakland Public Schools is talking about teaching uh, ghetto phonics. No, no, it said ghetto something. I can't remember, like ghetto language or ghetto slang or blah blah. blah. And this was in a black publication. Ghetto English vernacular. Ghetto. Yeah. Like it was, it was like it was vernacular is too fancy for a word for what it was. It, th- and this was a black. I don't want to name the publication. It was a black publication that just basically wrote they're trying to teach ghetto kids ghetto English, something like that. Mm-hmm. So I called the NAACP in Oakland back then and wrote something about it. And you know they gave me a, a whole lesson on uh, African American vernacular as a linguistic study. Right. So I was able to pull stuff, the science behind it and everything. Now, I had a different I always had a, you know, the right attitude about it. But when I looked at the science behind it, I thought to myself, OK, I don't understand why this is a problem. But this is still a problem today that people believe when you speak uh, African-American or black vernacular, um, that that's a sign of unintelligence and a sign of uh, being inarticulate. And, exactly. and I, I'm bilingual. I'm, I'm actually smarter than you. I'm, I'm speaking two languages. And it's not really, you know, it's, 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 it's pretty, that's accurate. That's spot on. And when you say I'm bilingual, it is spot on if you think of it actually in language terms. 
Well, I don't think Absolutely. of it that way. I don't think of it that way. Y'all asses is ignorant. But go ahead and finish. Listen, Bruh. listen. You're able to communicate <laughs> with more people or less people. I never right. like to be able to communicate with more people, right. right? Not less people. And back to what Biden said. So I just want to, you know, what he said was, I mean, you got the first mainstream African American who is articulate and bright and clean and a nice looking guy. I mean, that's a storybook, man. That? So check this out. Well, I mean, this, this, said about this, Obama. but you know what though? We can't start out with. So like, when I hear people talk about articulation and like how people speak and all that, like it, it's that same mindset. It's that same broken thought process yeah, and orientation sounds- about people of color. Again, it sounds like y'all can't take a compliment. <laughs> no, I, want, I only want compliments from certain people. You're right. I don't want your compliment. I already know I'm articulate. I mean, but shut up. I don't want your can, uh, compliment. Can, can y'all hear me? Can, can you hear me? Because I know Sharif can't hear me. Can y'all hear I me? I think a lot of people can right? shut up. That's I mean. Uh, yeah, so, so somebody let Reef know I'm about to respond because uh, he can't hear me. <laughs> Reef, Reef, Charles is about to respond and he's probably going to take about five minutes, so watch his lips. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I can't stand Ray, I swear to God. I can't. You, got, you got a lovely kitchen, dog. I, this mm-hmm. is what I, I, how come y'all can hear what, when I, what I What I was going to say was, is that we can't start the show off talking about how sick we are, like overwoke and all kind of police and stuff. And then, like, that's the thing that we kind of pick out. Because here's the thing, right? I've heard in my own barbershop very many times around when people are like, oh, this is what Obama, Obama is very different. Obama does this and this and that. Basically saying the exact same thing that Joe Biden did. Like, I've heard that said before, right? Like, oh, they got the cleanest black dude they could find, somebody who was half white, somebody who got all these degrees and never been in trouble and speaks super proper. Like I hear black folks, black folks say that stuff too. Like, let's not act like, like it's only other races that got something to say around that, right? Like, cause if you grew up, you always seen an argument where you'll see somebody say, I don't talk white, what's talking white, right? Versus talking black. And so, I mean, if we don't have a conversation about it, we can have a conversation, but it's just other shit in the world that's like bigger than that to me at the moment. And so again, you can't take a compliment. And so, <laughs> Stu, what are your thoughts? Well, I just got a question. Like, so, so Charles, does that roll into because you did the you, you studied Agbu? Uh-huh. So does does that roll into the acting white stuff? Yeah, like, man. Uh, Agbu like research. Is- yeah, for folks that's not re- that don't that don't know who uh, Agbu is, he's a he's a pretty famous researcher that was in Cal. He's not from the United States. He's from the continent, and he came over and he did a lot of the the, the research uh, that basically that Bill Cosby was using when he did his pull your pants up tour, basically saying that <laughs> black folks were lazy, American blacks were lazy, and he was saying that other groups. Uh, actually can buy into the values of success that uh, that America kind of has and black folks kind of reject it. Now, there was a lot of people that push back on that. Uh, I push back on that. But it, it is essentially what Agbu was saying. Right. Like you need to learn how to speak the king's English. You need to understand hard work. You need to, like, do the things that's going to bring you success. It's culture, basically. Um, like so, yeah, sounds like a smart guy. <laughs> Zakia asked Zakia asked uh he was discredited, but wasn't he? Not necessarily. I mean, it was basically he made some arguments and then other folks made arguments, right? And it was a lot of there's folks in the Agbu group and there's folks like in this other group, and it's still people kind of reside to what they want to reside to. So like when I did my my book, I just you gotta mention both of those things. I actually think it's a mix of things. Um, but I wouldn't say 
I don't know if it's ever really discredited per se, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, that was his study. His study didn't have holes in it or whatever. So, all right. So we got Nicole Johnson. She says it's like it's like saying you're pretty, you uh, you're pretty for a dark skinned girl. I'm not touching that shit. No sir. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's absolutely that's right. That's right. It's, it's like it's a compliment and it's not. It's like it's it's hella racist. <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's absolutely. It's a, it's that same vein. Yeah. I mean, but we also say that when I go to Hoop, though, right? Which is what's being betrayed is your deep belief of most of you aren't. Mm-hmm. Most of you are not articulate. Mm-hmm. Most of you are not clean. Most of you are not beautiful. Mm-hmm. What Malcolm say? Mm-hmm. Who taught you to hate yourself? Right? Mm-hmm. Like right. that is that kind of language. Right. It's that mm-hmm. kind of mindset that permeates. And then when we go back to education, we have people who who lead schools, who lead classrooms, who think that way. The mm-hmm. low expectations for the black child, for the black intellect, mm-hmm. for the black culture. Is is one of the most insidious parts that undermines children' achievement. Yeah, damn, that's deep. Yeah, that's real deep. I mean, I mean you know that 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 rolls into the conversation too about uh, integration. Like people who think that the only way that black people are going to get an education is by mixing them up. You know, uh, Charles, some of that came out of Ogbu's research too around peer effects. When right. you they're not really saying that integration is the thing. They're saying when you compound too many black people together in one school, it gets worse and worse and worse the more black people you add. Is what they're basically saying. They're saying the peer effects of being in an all black uh, environments is what hurts black kids. Yeah, man. I, I and I'm not like again. I'm not a big Jonathan Agbu fan. So, uh, I, but I but that that there is this understanding, right? That people not understand it, but you'll see it on Twitter, right? When people are talking about this integration stuff, and basically, if you got as much heat for people saying that you talk white or you or you you articulate or whatever the case is, if that's the energy that we on, let's mm. take that same energy when people say we need to be integrated in order to get educated, right? Mm-hmm. When you say that I got to be around white people to be smart, that's mm-hmm. that's I think that's worse cuz that has even deeper implications, right? Like that's that's actually saying that there's not brilliance in our community and there is. You know what I'm saying? And I think that like if you're going to stay on the argument of integration to get the same resources, well, we know that's not true because I work in schools where, they, where they're supposed to be so-called integrated. And what happens is it just bursts multiple schools inside of a school. So even in your integrated schools with all these white folks, they put the black and the brown kids in the bad classes and they put them away. And it can be mm-hmm. two totally mm-hmm. different experiences. You know what I'm saying? Like, stop. I mean, when them people don't want you around, they, they, they change stuff and, and you'll feel it. So, I mean, if we're going to keep that energy, let's keep it all the way around. Don't tell me how much I need to be integrated. I mean, how do you think it makes a difference at the point of sale, though? Like if I actually am the, a person who's doing this, your articulate stuff, and then I go and teach, you know, I'm in a classroom. How does that really matter at the point of sale, though? Like if I'm trying to teach you grammar or I'm trying to teach you math equations or something like that, how does it make a difference? Are you asking me or the group? I just ask any of y'all because, like, I mean, that's the thing where where you can get in arguments about these things, whether they matter in education or not. Right. right. There's, there's a school of thought that the deepest uh, racist teachers who hold bias and everything are still able to teach you how to do a, a quadratic equation. I mean, they can. I mean, when you when you're teaching, it is a, a deeply personal, um, personal thing. And your your beliefs about a child comes across all the ways, whether how you plan for that child, how you ask questions, how you hold the child you know, accountable 
how you build community, all of that is going to really betray your your deeper feelings, your deeper thoughts about their child, about their child's community, about their child's potential. And so if you are racist, then it can be as simple as Chris, like a simple example is that kid doesn't know this answer anyway. So I'm just going to give him the, the, the easiest problem. I'm not mm-hmm. going to challenge him. He doesn't understand it. He gives me the wrong answer. I'm like, oh, no, that's wrong. I'm just going to move on because you know what? Deep down, I don't think he can do it anyway. Mm-hmm. This- I deeply be- believe that he could do it. And I'm going to push and challenge and support him in a whole different way. And that's mm-hmm. going to come across whatever subject that is being taught. Sister right. Muriel here says it makes a difference because it's about being able to communicate and relate to who's in front of you. And I yeah. think this is a good point because kids aren't stupid. They can they can judge when you're not really exactly. for them. They exactly. know when you're not really for them. Yeah. All right, fellas. So I got this tweet and I want to see what you guys think about this tweet. It's from uh, Dr. Watson uh, at Taryn Watson on Twitter. It says before the Brown decision, black only schools, particularly in the South, were filled with black teachers and school leaders. Many provided a curriculum and pedagogy that exceeded their white counterparts. Despite inequitable funding, we invested in our children's education. What, what does that got? What does that make you guys feel? Charles, start with you. I don't think he heard you, bro. Yeah, he was getting, he, yeah, yeah he, 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 he's, he, he's in oh, detention, bro. He's in oh, detention. Shit. Yeah, yeah. He's, so, in detention. he's Chris, suspended. Yeah, Chris, you hear me? I hear you, bro. I okay. hear you, man. So I'll read it again. Before yeah. before the Brown decision, black only schools, particularly in the South were filled with black teachers and school leaders. Many provided a curriculum and pedagogy that exceeded their white counterparts despite mm-hmm. inequitable funding. We invested in our children's education. What are your thoughts? It's true. I mean, and, and we've talked about that on this podcast before. The, the 5,500 black schools that uh, Booker T. Washington set up were built by the black communities that they were in. I mean, literally built like they built them from the ground up. A third of the money came from those communities. A third of the money came from the government. A third came from philanthropists. They hired their own teachers. They elected the teachers and those schools put out the first group of black, uh, black middle class people in the United States came out of those 5,500 schools built by black communities at a time where they were the most traumatized and in poverty. And, 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 you know, what you just read was the truth all the way up until 1954 with Brown decision. Pre-Brown, the average black child was in the care of a veteran black educator every day who had created sophisticated systems for assessing, teaching and learning um, that were washed away after 1954. Mm. Reese, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think a big part of, you know, teaching that a lot of people don't realize is it's not just the content. That's super important. You need to know that it's not just expectations. That's important. It's, you, you have to be able to do that and build relationships. Part of teaching is to inspire, <laughs> inspiring other human beings to, to mm-hmm. believe and do things that they can't see in themselves first. That's a big part of teaching. And if I don't look at you as my equal, if I don't look at your potential at being anything close to my own child's potential, my own potential, like then that, that, that says a lot. And I, I think, you know, black students in the South, you know, when you read Anderson's book, that, and I'm so glad that Cole is doing this book study, like you'll see that white children, white families down there, they didn't even, a lot of them didn't even want public education. 
Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. for their own children. For their own why children. Would they want it for, right. Yeah. They yeah. didn't even want it for their own children because they thought right. the agricultural society was the way to go. Mm-hmm. So why invest in this intellect? So they didn't want that for their own children. Why the hell would they want it for black children that had just been liberated? Right. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. like that. So that lack of investment. So then you have that other the complexities of our our best and brightest people becoming teachers often other avenues were closed to them and they said, hey, well, I'm going to do this and raise up the next generation. Mm. Right. I'm going to I'm going to invest in this because the 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 banner is going to be carried by these students who are sitting in front of me. Every teacher is not looking at it that way. They're not approaching, you know, <laughs> education in that way. Gotcha. Mm. What's up? You answering the question or no? Uh, <laughs> he didn't hear the question, man. He was he was off on doing his own thing. Yeah, no, I was I was I was making sure that can you hear me yeah. now? We can hear you. We can hear you. We can hear you the whole goddamn time. Yeah, we can hear me. Hey, check this out. Yell at me again. I'm gonna come for this bro. thing. We're gonna, have, we're gonna have us a problem, bro. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna have us a problem in a minute, bro. I'm about to get suspended in a minute. But um, no, nah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't have much to even add to that. I mean, I heard the conversation. I just was, I, I, I mean, I just feel like when we talk about these things, man, like they're just trade offs. And I think that, like, I, I, I like listening to Sharif because he talks in a, in a way. This is how things should be, and, and I love that people can think like that. I just. What's happening right now, though, right? And like, what is it that you need, right? So we, I mean, people got to go and get the stuff that they need. So I get it. And and I hear about, you know, who who wants education for their kids and who don't and all that stuff. I mean, the agriculture piece made sense during that time when everybody had a farm. I just think that things are going to continue to shift and change. Things are never going to be ideal for us. So with the understanding that things are not ideal, what are we doing to make sure that we're okay? You know, and that that's so I, I it's tough for me to deal in like the, the hypothetical of what could be because I didn't grow up in that. And, 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 and I'm not really serving kids that's in that. Right. Like I'm just preparing kids for what's happening for them and saying you can learn despite this shit. So that, that those would be my thoughts around it. I didn't I didn't jump yeah. in, Ray, because I didn't have much to add that that would have added to that conversation. Particularly. Yeah, that was yeah. very profound, Charles. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot. You, you're talking about the right now. I think that makes a lot of sense. I do. I, I do think thinking about the past, thinking about the right now and thinking about the future is the strategy because we, we need to learn from the past. Like we ran schools. We were in charge of the development of the black mind at one point. Right. Like black people were the ones who were creating the black intelligence for a long period of time in the United States history. And right now, every morning we turn our kids over to another group of people. We're like one of the only groups of people that do this without really criticizing it much. Just turn them over. Right. Mm-hmm. Every day. What Sharif is trying to do in life, like get more black males in the classroom is a project for the future. That's not going to happen next year. It has to be done, though. Like somebody's got to do that work. Someone's got to build that pipeline. It's not coming soon, though. But we we need to get there because we know what what the kids are being taught with right now. And it's not good. Right. Yeah. I, you know, I, <laughs> I'm going to say this. I know that this is not going to be popular and there I know it may not go well as may not go over well. I know it. I'm OK with the backlash. All right. Let's hear it. I want there to be more black teachers. But based off of what I see from a teacher, oh, stop it. From stop a teacher it. group, 
mm-hmm. or on Facebook that has mm-hmm. over 9,000 black teachers, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's going to necessarily be the answer to our problems, having more black teachers. I'm just putting it out there. Yeah. Sharif says it all the time. We don't just need more black teachers. We need more, more black conscious teachers. Yeah, I mean, anti. I mean, and you you're saying you're looking at this one specific group, and I, and I would also challenge you, like, really count the ones who are, who seemed who you would not want your child in front of them, because there are some there. I wouldn't say that's most of them, uh, you know. And then again, we talked about this a lot frequently. Anti-blackness is not does not just live in white quarters, right? That internalized oppression, that internalized. You know who taught you to hate yourself? Like that's educators don't sh- don't they don't lose those scales just walking into a a building. That's n- it's nothing magical about it, right? Like so that has to be you know the buzz the chicken before the egg. Like they were probably educated. I would the first when the first thing I do when I look at some of those comments in that group, I wonder who taught them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And how do you, you know, what's those guys when you, you know, you had to train and then somebody, there's a conductor that kind of flips the switch and makes the train go another way. Right. And there's a name for that, that, uh, that little piece that's on the tracks. Like, so a lot of our youth need that because they're being, they're being fed something, something, something insidious. Mm. And the more often we can circumvent that, undermine that, and helps for them to see their own potential, but also the potential of their community, their brothers and their sisters, then that's a different ball game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You sounded very articulate right there. That's very smart. <laughs> and clean. You know what? And clean. <laughs> you know, from you, I'm gonna take that. <laughs> but you know what's not right. articulate talk, and what's talk, not talk. clean is your pants, Ray. Your pants, Ray. What's up with your pants? What's up with your gumper jack? Your, your, your gumper jack biscuit pants, bro. What's happening? What's happening, bro? Why you why your pants look like, like you beat up Kurt Cobain for him? What's up, bro? Kurt Cobain. <laughs> wow. Yo, Chris, that's a bar right there, yo. And you in the studio right now? I'm about to drop um, a beat. I'm about to drop a beat for you. Anyway, uh, uh, Mr. Cole. Uh, there, there's some union, uh, some union. How how we, how can we segue this? So I, my thoughts are that it's it's um it's a goddamn tragedy what's going on in the United States right now. And so you would think with everything that's happening, it would be a truce. You wouldn't hear any union rhetoric. You would just hear people coming together and trying to educate kids. But California, they can't just they just can't do right. And so what's happening in California with the union, bro? Um, I mean, what's happening with the unions anywhere, period. I mean, I think that so here's the thing. Right. So what Ray is talking about is the union in Oakland is planning like a cyber protest uh, about around co-location in schools um, since they can't come out and do it because of the coronavirus. And the issue was it's kind of like these sides that's always kind of fighting and warring. We're kind of like, yo, let's. Let's get through this. Let's make sure everybody's okay. Let's work. Let's have the charters and traditionals and private schools. Let's all work together to make sure folks are fine. And then they just shot over the bell, you know, when it, 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 and, and, and didn't really care. So they're going to do this protest. I think, but I think it goes back to everything that y'all talking about that, that those people is black and white and a whole bunch of stuff. Some of the people that probably got in on one of these black educator initiatives that we actually have in Oakland, right? There's a lot of people that's like, they feel people are at war, man. And just because you ain't at war with them don't mean that the war is not happening. There are people that feel like their pensions are under attack, that this stuff is going to lead to X, Y and Z. 
be and they not gonna they not gonna get off that square your kids is just not the priority in a lot of people's life right like regardless of what side they on so when you ask that question it just they just moved the way that you know sometimes gangsters move and it just is what it is and i think it just goes back to my question though right what are we doing for kids like tomorrow you know what i'm saying like how are we protecting kids like i just heard somebody have a, a great line that said you know you're it, when, when educators don't love your kids, kids feel it or whatever the case is, man. Honestly, I trade off. If you're just really good at teaching, I don't need you to love all my, I don't need you to love my kids. I think Chris said that one time in a few episodes ago, but like I've had, some of my best teachers didn't love me. <laughs> like when I really think about it, like some of my coaches were just like, hey man, get on the line. Like this is what we're about to do. They ain't, I ain't never seen them people smile. Them people didn't drive me home. They didn't check on nothing, but we won the city championship that year. So they had a job to do and that's what they did. I think that we have to, as parents, communities and people and like black leaders here, we got to wrap our arms and provide that love that might be missing because we asking folks that haven't educated our kids well to do extra shit on top of the job that they were supposed to do that they not even performing in all the time. I mean, but Charles, if your coaches were a school, it would be a no excuses school. Right. Because coaches I remember were mean. Yeah. And they did. You just did. You ran the track. You did. You did whatever. You did the drills. You just right. did whatever we were supposed to do. And you didn't ask questions or you weren't on the right. team. Right? right. So can't do that anymore. Right. Well, so the Bob Knight approach doesn't work. And Chris, the way you just described that just told me that you wasn't an athlete. Um. Uh, what are you talking about, brother? I was on the tennis team. <laughs> that should tell you everything you need to know. And I was I, and I was ranked, fool. What you talking about? And y'all better not have no comment because y'all just got mad when we said people talk white. Y'all just said that we can't say people are articulate and smart. So you better not make fun of that man for being right. the black dude on the tennis on the tennis team. You know Arthur what I'm saying? Ashe was my hero. Arthur Ashe was my hero. And you know what? I'm going to say this too. In tennis, it's different than in team sports. Because in tennis, it's all you. Mm-hmm. You Anything go wrong, it's, you missed the point. It's, it's your problem. Mm-hmm. You did it. And the drills are crazy. You do the same thing over and over and over and over again for hours. Same swing, mm-hmm. same serve, same everything. And you don't complain. Technique rules the world, right. man. Yeah, tennis is the articulate and clean sport. I don't know what you played. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> all right, Reef, what are your thoughts? Listen, man, and again, I I couldn't hear Cole, so I, I couldn't really get the California context. But I think during this time of where we where we are, I think you know rhetoric is is one thing. I think, but how are people planning for what children need? Um, now as well as in the future you know what how are we thinking about how kids will be educated what avenues they'll be educated are we polling families to see like actually are you sending your child back to school next september or are you looking at other things are you looking at some kind of hybrid you know we talked before about like what's the role how can we reimagine cyber school where there's accountability, there's, you know, that, that is designed for black children, that maybe there's a hybrid, maybe there's co-opting, you know, co-op, not co-opting, <laughs> that there's, um, you know, these joint ventures and like, what does it look like? And so I'd be more interested in seeing how, you know, whoever you are in education, 
how you actually think it. Because we're always talking about, oh, we haven't prepared ch- children for the future and, and, you know, the 21st century skills and all this stuff. Like, okay, so now that we see in this new context that's going to color education for a really long time, how are we reimagining what we're doing? How are we thinking about it differently? And there's some people who, who aren't and can't. And they're just as satisfied just to go back to the exact same thing that was being provided or not provided before mm-hmm. and be totally fine with that. I'm not in that camp. Mm-hmm. Chris. I mean, I, I can't add on that. And wrap us, Chris. I know you I know you need to wrap us anyway. So yeah. Yo, so so wait, before I before I wrap us, right? Uh one of us sent out a tweet that almost got himself unfollowed on Twitter. That would be. That would be. What? We got different movie tastes. Like I don't. I don't understand y'all. Oh, like movie tastes. I'm with you, Sheree. I'm with you, Sheree. They, 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 they talk about ease by you like it's the best cinematic experience ever. It ain't, man. It's not. By you, nobody said ease by you. Nobody, nobody was talking about ease by you. It's the same bucket. You were talking about all Eddie Murphy. I was talking about Eddie Murphy, and he jumped in. Eddie Murphy, but he jumped in. He just is not. When I think about. I, again, we said technique rules the world. You, we about to get cut off. It, 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 the, the stream won't cut us off, Chris. Like, wow, look at can you move us on for cut us off? That. I can no. see myself there. Like I, I just, I don't see. I don't. That, it don't do it for me. You, Eddie Murphy doesn't do it for you. No. Sorry. Okay. You know what's I, funny? This is what's funny is I love Eddie Murphy, but we but the, when y'all was posting that, we love different Eddie Murphy movies. And I like I love Doctor huh? Doolittle, man. Or, or uh, Daddy Daycare is hilarious. Daddy Daycare is hilarious. Daddy Daycare is hilarious. Yeah, when you when you got kids, yeah, Nutty Professor, Nutty Professor, hilarious too. Absolutely, it is. It is. It showed him that he showed range in that movie. He showed range in Norman. He showed range in Norman. That's true. That's true. He did. It just seemed like he was farting in Nutty Professor. Oh my God, Chris! Chris, ain't we about to get cut off, Chris? What the hell did you just talk? That's what he just said in the thing. It's about to get. We get cut off in three minutes. Thank you. Three minutes. Yeah. You got three minutes, sir. Yeah. yeah. So wrap us, man. Wrap it up for our listening. First of all, we got to thank our people for listening because we had a lot of people jump on. Absolutely. We had a lot of comments, which I mm-hmm. think is great. This is a different format for us. This is new. It sure so is. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it, to be very honest with you. Uh, we got, yo, yo, we got yo. legitimate names. We got a government name for the thing here. Charles is not happy because it doesn't have all the pops and echoes and snap the crackles and all I that. I can't hear people. Yeah, it doesn't work. my entire team forgot how to plug nice in microphones, though, you know, but but it's good. We'll, <laughs> next time, we'll have a tutorial on how to plug in a microphone next time around. We good. <laughs> we got I've been seeing all week that we should have. All right. Where's, where's your mic at, Ray? I, can you hear me? Where's it's, your mic at, Ray? It, it, it sounds like you're in a bathroom. So yeah, it does. In a bathtub. He left, left it at he left it at Freak Nick. Where's, <laughs> where's the mic at? And you in pajama bottoms. Where's well, your mic at? I'm in my house. Course. A, I mean, it's a beautiful kitchen. I I, I mean I love the shelf. It is it's very nice. nice. It is nice. It's a little you shiny, know, but it's nice. It is. Yeah. <laughs> But um, stay by so it's not an abrupt uh, when it closes out on us for these people. All right, so you guys have been listening to the Eight Black Hands. We about to get this Patreon popping. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> oh, let us go, Chris. The worst ending ever. Listen, people who actually showed up made comments, came by to see us tonight. We love you. We appreciate you. We thank you. You are such intelligent people. The questions were intelligent. The comments were intelligent. You are clean. You're articulate. We love y'all to death. Um, y'all not Uncle Tom's. Um, and we're just glad that you exist for Black children every day. This has Damn. been the Black Hands signing off. Thank and you. They smell good. They smell good. <laughs> You have been listening to the Eight Black Hands podcast with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecky, and Stewart. If you like what you heard, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at 8BlackHands1. Thank you for listening. <laughs>